This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, we have some breaking news to get to. Florida has landed a commitment from four-star cornerback Julian Humphrey out of Texas. What can you tell us about this commitment, Blake? You know, he's the first commitment for Florida this cycle in the secondary. Um, It's an area that, you know, we've even talked about on the podcast to where Florida's trying to switch some things from last year. You know, obviously the secondary, you know, you can start at the top, you know, two changes at, at the secondary coaching position, kind of a change in I guess, scheme, if you will, to where they kind of played more off last season where you saw them giving some cushion. Florida's really doing more press man, and I think that's where you've got a guy, 6'1", 185. Um, I believe he's a 10'5", 500-meter dash runner, so he's got some speed. He's physical. You know, if you watch his film, not a lot of plays given up over the top for him. So I, I think there's some things, obviously, every kid out of high school has some things they need to work on. I think, you know, technique, you know, maybe opening up his hips a little bit better, getting more fluid in certain ways. But you've got speed. You've got a guy that's handsy that can cover well. And I think that that's what you really like. Those are the kind of guys that you look at and you can fix some things and he can be a high-level player. So, you know, from talking around, you know, even on, uh, on Swamp 24-7, I have some thoughts from Andrew Ivan, Steve Wolfong, you know, some of our guys on the rankings council for 24-7 who have seen this guy play. He's gotten a lot of glowing responses. So, you know, a big-time get for Florida at a position where they really wanted to rebuild. Um, we'll get to another guy that they've even, you know, have, have added to this, you know, for the team next year. Um, so the secondary is an area that Florida's looking to improve, and I think they've got a really good guy in Julian Humphrey who's the first of, you know, hopefully many, or not many, but just a couple of uh, commitments in the secondary for Florida going forward in the 2020 cycle. Yeah, Blake, not the not the first commitment for Florida out of Texas in the last couple of years. Why, why has Florida been able to have some success there lately? You know, I think it just goes to the state of Texas is always really loaded. You know, sure, Texas, Texas A&M, and even some of the other schools, they're going to get their guys out of Texas. But there's just so many guys in the state of Texas just being a big state itself, having really high-level football, you know, really developing guys. A lot of those guys, you know, I mean, you've seen LSU capitalize on some guys from Texas. You've seen other schools capitalize on guys from Texas. I mean, look, even USC has been recruiting Texas over the years. It's an area where there's a lot of loaded guys. Texas and Texas A&M can't take everybody. So, you know, you look at some of these guys, you, you see them get out of the state. So I think that Florida, you know, you look at Nick Evers, the quarterback commit in Florida's 2020 class. Um, you've even got guys like Avery Helm, plenty of others that I've, I'm probably blanking off the top of my head that Florida has added from the state of Texas. So, you know, big time speed guys from Texas, um, big time football from Texas. I think that's a spot where, you know, I've, I've said it many, many times that it's a, it's a state that Florida has tried to make part of their recruiting footprint and they continue to have success there. Whenever you have guys that, you know, may know someone from playing seven on seven or running track or playing football or being, even being friends from the state of Texas, you start to build up that pipeline more. And, you know, Florida is going to continue to offer guys. Texas has guys every year. You know, Florida is not going to get all of them, but it's an area where, you know, if you can continue to 
shift away from maybe the early thoughts from Dan Mullen of, you know, kind of going out to California, a little bit closer with Texas, you know, some really high level players there. So, yeah, you know, not, not quite as far. So, you know, now you're seeing them start to put more focus on areas like Georgia, Florida, and even the state of Texas. So you're seeing some success there for Florida. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to want to continue to keep that going. You know, you've got guys like, um, you know, even in the past, Brian Johnson, who had uh, ties to, to Houston whenever he was the OC there. Uh, plenty of other coaches. Torian Gray was another guy who had ties to Texas. You know, Jules Montanaro recruits Texas. He was at Texas State, I believe. That's where he was at uh, before he was at USF along yeah, the line of his coaching. Ties out there as well. Turner has ties from being at UTSA. Um, you know, so there's just got, you know, Christian Robinson is a guy that's recruited all over the country for Florida, and Texas is one of his areas. So, you're just seeing more and more guys that are on Florida staff that have ties there. So you have to take advantage of those ties. And, you know, here we are. No doubt. And, you know, you mentioned Avery Helm. He's a guy that we heard in spring was, was really impressing, maybe potentially pushing for a starting spot at cornerback. You know, Jahari Rogers is another guy that I think Florida signed out of Texas. He didn't work out as well, Uh, but Florida adding another good player in Julian Humphrey, a four-star cornerback out of Texas. Blake, you hinted at another addition that Florida's had recently to the secondary. You know, obviously with the Gators losing not just Marco Wilson, but three of those senior safeties in the secondary, I think that's a position that everybody's kind of looking at going into 2021 as, you know, being a spot where Florida needs some answers. We talked about Avery Helm having a good spring. You add five-star cornerback Jason Marshall. All of a sudden now Florida lands a transfer portal guy in Jadarius Perkins, a guy that was signed with Missouri. Uh, another guy that I think has some upside athleticism, and maybe you can tell us more about that. Uh, but I think you're seeing Florida start to get a really, really healthy mix of guys that can compete for starting spots in that secondary next fall. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that I like the most is that Florida has added a guy on paper, you know, from looking at the Missouri official website and just him playing two years at the junior college level. I'm not sure how COVID will affect, you know, an extra year of eligibility. Could he have up to three years? But he's coming in as a junior. So, I mean, bottom line, he'll have two years to play. I'm not sure how the transition from junior college, if it works, if you get it, the extra year um, to play, yeah, if you want to right take now. it. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess the best way to say it is you've got a guy through the portal, Sometimes you get a guy that has one year to play. That's not the case here with Florida. You've got a guy that has two to three years to play. I think one of the things I like the most about this is how long he is and how athletic he is. You've got a guy coming from the junior college level. Um, I've got his stats from his junior college, uh, you know, his two years playing there. 14 games at Mississippi Gulf Coast where he was a teammate from Dewan Black his freshman year there. 32 tackles, one tackle for a loss and one interception, five pass breakups. Not a lot of games in that spring season this past year for his sophomore year at the junior college level. But you have a guy that's coming in with some experience where you've got Kyer Elam, you know, Jaden Hill, who's a guy that has some experience. Past that, you've got a guys, you know, a bunch of guys that are unproven. Sure, Avery Helm was a guy that impressed in the spring. But, you know, translating from spring to the actual game, I mean, that's, that's a totally different story. So you've got a guy that has somewhat of some college experience. And I think the other thing that I really like about this is, let's say Kyer Elam, more than likely, I, I think if, if you're a gambling person, it's his last year at Florida. You know, you, you have to think he, more than likely he's moving on. You know, you never know how the season goes, you know, all, all those kind of things that, that factor into it. But now you've got a guy that if Kyer Elam does move along, you've got someone that has some experience. You know, you can coach up some of these guys like the Avery Helms, Jason Marshalls, you know, plenty of the other guys, you know, even a Jordan Young, you know, plenty of young guys on Florida's roster. Now you've got a guy that has some experience, more than likely you'll see them throw him into the fire sometime this year. You know, just having that experience, having that length, having that athleticism. 
I think one of the things that impressed me most on the on film when watching Perkins in his sophomore year at JUCO was that he, he's predominantly played corner. I think he was very handsy, very athletic. But I also saw him play some star, some nickel. So I think that you've got a guy too that you know another area where Florida is a little bit unproven. You know, Trevez Johnson is a guy that you know I think a lot of people think the world of. There are plenty of other guys that could make some con- um, contributions at star. But now you've got another guy that's just got some experience that you can throw in the mix. You can move things around. It, you're not so boxed in of having to put a guy at one spot. You know that may. Maybe has some inexperience. Now you've got a guy like Jadarius Perkins who can move around. You can plug and play him in different spots, and you can use that athleticism, that experience, to kind of bridge the gap from some of these younger guys that Florida signed. Yeah, no doubt. And I think when you look at you know the numbers that Florida's taken in the secondary in the last two classes, and then you add, you know, you're talking about a guy like Humphrey, a guy like Perkins to the mix. I think Florida is getting a little bit crowded in terms of numbers in the secondary, but that's okay. You know, when you talk about what Florida needs to replace going into the secondary this year. You want competition at a lot of spots. And if a couple guys end up transferring out, that's fine. You're more likely to end up with quality, productive starters. And, you know, transfers happen these days. I think that's pretty clear to everybody. So you had a guy like Perkins, I think, like you said, it adds a little bit more experience to the room. You know, maybe not necessarily at the D1 level, but at the JUCO level, you know, he's got that experience. I think, you know, the connection to Dewan Black was probably big for Florida in terms of helping land him. Um, Blake, let's shift a little bit more big picture recruiting. And I'm sure we have a lot to get to because we've been talking about this end of the dead period for months now. Uh, it feels like we've already probably previewed it a couple times. Uh, so maybe big picture wise, I, I want to pull up, uh, you know, I don't even honestly know where Florida's at right now. I know recruiting has been so slow just because, you know, I, I think everybody's kind of waiting until they can get recruits on campus, but looking at Florida's rankings nationally right now, if you're, if you're kind of a casual fan, following recruiting from afar, you probably look at Florida's rankings and you see, okay, Florida's number 26 in the country right now. They're number 24 nine in the with, with Humphreys. There you go. That one. Uh, yeah, that one I'm looking at it. We're actually shooting right before he commits. Uh, so uh, yeah, but anyway, so 24 in the country, uh, eight or nine in the sec somewhere in there. If you're a casual fan, you know, maybe you're a little concerned by that, but Blake, are you worried at all about where Florida's recruiting is? Or do you kind of just brush that off as odd year, they're waiting to get these guys on campus. They've got a very strong list of guys coming. Where do you stand right now being kind of the expert in recruiting in terms of how this cycle is going? You know, there are a lot of factors, but I think throughout just the unorthodox year it's been with just no visits for as long as it's been, I always gauge the class whenever you're leading into that, into the, you know, into the summer, heading into the fall, because you have so many of a flux of guys that make that commitment for their senior year. So I think that that's whenever you kind of base your class off of that, that nucleus of guys you have there. So I, I always say that there's no need to panic right now until, you know, you, you, walk, you start to go into that fall because a lot of those guys start to come off the board. They make their commitments. You know, the fall kind of shuts things down. The season starts for college. The season starts for high school guys, school, all the other things that go on. So recruiting, it, it's busy because there are official visits or unofficial visits. There are different things going on. But the summer is really what's looking like now where a lot of guys are taking their official visits. A lot of guys seem to be wanting to make commitments before that senior year. So I would really gauge where Florida's at class-wise heading into the fall. Mm-hmm. At the same time, too, I think that Florida has, over the last couple cycles, they've taken some guys that maybe they shouldn't have taken very early on. And I think that now you're seeing them be a little bit more selective. You're seeing some of these guys get on campus, you know, four high four-star, you know, five-star type of guys. 
to where it's good for Florida to get them on campus because I've all, I've said it before. This staff does really good in person with getting guys there. Yeah, no I don't think they really are good. I, I mean, they do the virtual visits. You know, they're, they're, it's kind of a means to get by. But this staff really does a good job selling development with getting guys to come to you know a fall practice or a spring practice. You know, pulling up film. You know, really building bonds in person and selling the program in person. So I think that that you know June with all the guys they have on campus, they're going to have a ton of guys over the course of June. There are plenty of camps, seven on sevens. You know, all sorts of things that are going to be going on in June on top of, you know, official visits, unofficial visits, and, you know, all those kind of things that happen with the dead period opening up. So I don't know that it's time to panic because, you know, Florida's got a really good start right now. You know, they got some some really good players right now. They've got a lot of guys on the board. Like I said, we'll see how things kind of play out leading into that fall where a lot of these guys start to fall off the board. But I think the big thing for Florida that I really like what they're doing this cycle is being more selective with taking some of these guys because we've seen in recent cycles, they take some guys, you know, they end up moving on from them later. Things don't work out. Guys don't develop. So I think you're seeing Florida be a little bit more selective right now. And I think that's why the class, you know, last year they had, I don't remember what it was, but they had so many more commitments right now to date than they do now. So I think that, you know, a lot of those guys didn't make it in the class when the dust settled. So I think you're seeing Florida be more selective right now. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that because I know that's something that a lot of the, you know, harder core recruiting fans kind of focus on, you know, why are we filling up so early with guys that maybe, I guess they would consider kind of a reach, you know, maybe not that upper echelon four or five star player. And then it seems like even, even though Florida has had kind of their class full early on and been able to be selective and really focus the efforts on those last couple prospects, I don't know that it's really panned out in terms of being more successful than it would have otherwise been with those last few prospects. So I, for one, I'm glad to see that Blake, that they're being a little bit more patient. I think not only that, but I think recruiting momentum is such a real thing that I think when you have knowing that you're going to get all these guys on campus, you're going to get a lot of really, and we'll get into it in the second half of the show. You know, some of these guys that we should look out for, but when you have that many talented elite prospects coming to campus kind of at similar times, you can really kind of build this vibe of, you know, you have the chance to make this class and get us over the hump from being a team that is in three straight New Year's six bowls to all of a sudden, not only are we in Atlanta, you know, playing Alabama close, but you guys can be the, the class that takes us over the top. And I think that's a really real factor in recruiting. When you talk about, you know, high school aged guys that are, are being recruited, want to be kind of the difference makers. I think that can be a real factor. I'd look for that in June, uh, you know, and, and you'd know more about that. We'll talk about it on the second half of the show. But let's take a quick break, Blake. There's a lot of recruiting to get to. I want to I talk a little bit more about maybe a couple guys that fans should be watching in particular come this June visit cycle, and uh, we'll touch on that in the second half of the show. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. 
brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, we've talked about this, this June recruiting period quite a bit. I wanted to get maybe a little bit more of a defined structure of how Florida set things up. Can you give us an idea of what this month of June is going to look like in terms of the camps that Florida's having, uh, maybe official visits, when the, the big weekends to watch are, that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. You know, starting out, Florida's coming out the gate on June 1st, you know, the first day when the dead period opens up, um, you know, having a, uh, you know, summer kickoff visit day to where they're going to have some guys there for unofficial visits. Um, I've got a list on Swamp 24-7 message board kind of outlining some of those guys on there. So it's it's looking like a pretty nice visit. Um, a visit day for Florida. You know, past that, you know, official visit weekends, Florida's pretty booked up, you know, for, you know, each weekend in June, that June 4th weekend is really loaded. You know, that's definitely the big visit weekend for Florida. Um, they've got various guys taking midweek visits in June, you know, over the course. So Florida's going to have a lot of guys on, a unof- on, excuse me, on official visits. On top of that, two unofficial visits as well. You know, Florida's got a camp date. Um, they're doing a camp on the 7th of June, um, which is, uh, you know, a skills camp where they're going to have some guys there on campus doing various seven-on-seven camps, um, doing offensive linemen, big man challenge camps, quarterback camps, kicker camps. So, you know, it's going to be pretty busy. On top of that, guys coming in for unofficial visits, doing workouts for the staff. So, you know, like we've said, June is going to be extremely busy for Florida. Like uh, we had talked about it in an earlier episode of the podcast about how it seemed like there were a lot of guys scheduling official visits for this June period because, you know, there's been so long of a gap between when people could actually visit and do these kinds of things. Uh, and we had, we had talked about wondering whether or not that was maybe the right approach or whether you'd like to hold some of those official visits for fall. Has there been any sort of shift really in the last couple of weeks of guys that maybe were initially going to take official visits in the, you know, that summer month that have pushed back, or is that kind of still about the same as it was, you know, the last time we talked about it? It's still kind of the same. You know, you've seen some guys like wide receiver Jaden Gibson, who was officially, uh, you know, had originally planned to officially visit Florida the weekend of June 4th. He's going to do the unofficial visit on the first now. More than likely, we'll take an official visit sometime in the fall. So you're seeing some of the guys, maybe some in-state guys, they're going to use their official visits in the fall because it's so easy for them to get to campus sometime, you know, in the summer. You know, if you're a close guy, you know, unofficial visits, not really hard to get to. But, you know, you've seen some of the guys that are making decisions late summer, you know, even if it's an in-state guy. If you've got a guy that's making a decision earlier, you know, you're seeing them, you know, kind of schedule out their visits for June, want to be done sometime in July, late July, you know, heading into the season. So, you know, it's unknown now how July is going to work as far as a dead period. Is it going to go back in place? You know, that's kind of unknown right now. So I think that you're seeing those guys, if, you know, if July is off the books for taking official visits, you want to try to fit those in in June. So I think that's why you're seeing some of the guys that are maybe making a decision earlier, maybe an out-of-state guy, you know, that wants to come in that could be making a decision sometime, you know, in the late summer. So I, I think more than anything, some of those in-state guys, I think you'll start to see them move maybe to an official visit later in the fall. It's not quite set. You know, we still have some time to kind of let things play out, but for the most part, I think a lot of the guys that are doing those official visits in the summer are more than likely trying to have a decision sometime in the summer, sometime before their senior year. 
Yeah, I was looking at Florida's class. I think right now they have six commitments counting, uh, you know, Humphrey's new addition. But, um, you know, we talked about wanting to evaluate Florida's class kind of heading into the fall, heading into fall camp. You know, once, once coaches are focused on football again, you'd like to have, you know, a good chunk of your class kind of settled. Florida's not the only school in that boat in terms of wanting to kind of get guys on campus, maybe push for some commitments. How much pressure is going to be on some of these recruits, especially, you know, the guys that Florida would really like in the class to potentially make a pledge here in these next couple weeks as things are opened up, as they get them on campus. It seems like there's going to be a lot of pressure on these recruits. You know, I I think so. You know, I think you'll see some guys that maybe, you know, if a, if, if a guy is, is taking official visits, sometime this summer, but wants to take some more in the fall. I think you'll probably see some of the schools try to kind of put some pressure on there. You know, if they're making a decision later, you know, kind of get them while they're, you know, while they're on campus, while there's some hype there. Um, but I think for the most part, I, I think it's more that it's not, I, it's not so much pressure, but I think it's just the fact of, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, from such a long layoff, they're so on fire to take visits. So I think that it's more than anything, just you're seeing guys that want to be done before their senior season. And, and it seems like it's such a, it, it's weird to me because I, I think that it's been such a long layoff from visits. You know, I would, if I couldn't fit them all in the summer, I would try to take some in the fall and make a decision later just because, you know, if you've got the visits, you know, take them, but you know, it just seemed like a lot of these guys are on fire to make a decision. I don't know if it's just to get the stress out of the way before their senior year or whatnot, but I also think this year is going to be a little different because I think you're going to see guys that maybe have committed early that still take visits down the line. You know, I think even if they do it sometime now, and even a guy like Julian Humphreys, he said that he's still going to take his official visit that he has planned to Penn State, you know, in June. Has mentioned maybe taking an unofficial visit to Texas A&M at some point. So I think even guys that are committed are still going to take visits down the line. So I, I don't know that it's so much pressure to get things done. I think it's a lot of these guys seem to be putting more pressure on themselves because I do think that, you know, making a decision is early whenever you still want to take visits down the line. It seems a little silly to me, but you know, to each his own, you know, if a guy's ready to be done with things, it's always good to have a commitment in the books now because it's always harder to flip a guy down the road. So, you know, a guy like Julian Humphreys, you know, if he's going to take some visits, you know, it's, it's kind of expected just because you've seen some of these guys with such a long layoff, but you got to take a guy like that and commit, you know, get him in the boat and have him committed and then just, you know, fend off some of those schools down the line yeah and I mean it is easy for us we cover this you know year round each recruiting cycle we're here covering it and it's easy to forget that these guys are going through it once you know what I mean they they get one chance to go through the recruiting process and uh you know particularly for these guys that have had you know their entire process kind of thrown up in the air I mean you you know it's going to be unpredictable this cycle I think to some degree you know like you said I mean we don't even really know what's going to happen in July yet as far as whether or not they put that dead period back in, whether or not they give schools kind of the makeup time from, you know, the last year that they've had off. Um, but it, it's a very different recruiting cycle. Blake, is there anything else that fans should be looking for or that fans need to know heading into this period where things are going to be open back up? You know, I mean, I would just stay on Swamp 24-7. You know, I, I've had the list of running visitors for June 1st. We've got an official visit list of guys that are going to be doing that official visits over the course of June. I continue to update those. Any unofficial visits we get, any guys camping. So, you know, I would just stay tuned to the site. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of the podcast. A little bit shorter of an episode because I know Blake has a lot to get to. We have a commitment coming your way, although 
by the time you watch this, it'll have already happened. Uh, so that'll do it for today's episode of the podcast, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. As Blake said, we're going to have a ton of recruiting content on Swamp 24-7. Blake's going to be chipping in. I'll be chipping in. Bob Redman will be chipping in. Uh, everything we can to provide you guys the latest on Florida Gators recruiting. Don't miss it. Blake does a fantastic job. We'll keep you posted. We are expecting it to be a, a busy month in June, to say the least. So thanks for tuning in, guys. That'll do it for today's episode of the podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.